Welcome back to episode 18 of Devotions with Dre. I recorded a recent conversation at a prayer meeting. This is my friend Hiwa. He kind of impromptu started teaching a few of us about two topics. The first one is faith healing. Faith healing, of course, gives everyone a different emotional reaction when you hear that phrase. I'm someone who still has chronic illness and a lot of prayers have been answered and a lot of prayers haven't been answered yet. And I've had a lot of people pray for me and I've had a lot of hypercharismatic people pray for me. I've had a lot of people who barely believe in healing pray for me. I've had a lot of people say they're praying for me. I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with that. But I've had different emotions about the topic of praying in faith for healing. I believe that we are called to practice and build faith and belief that it's a big part of our discipleship to Jesus. So the topic is relevant. And I've certainly had to deal with disappointments. I've certainly had moments where I'm like, forget it. I don't want to pray for this anymore. And then I've had other times where God has really been teaching me and I've had breakthroughs and I've experienced healing in all sorts of different amazing ways that I should probably share with you guys on a future episode. But the reason I wanted to share Hiwa's teaching on it is because Hiwa is a person who has seen a lot of miracles after he has prayed in faith. And he made himself a student of the topic, of the Bible's teaching on the topic. And he spent a lot of time with the Lord asking specific questions about it. So he really has a heart to see people healed and to see the miracles of God manifest on the earth. And I don't know how I feel about every single thing he said. Um, or, you know, a lot of times my reactions to people's explanation of praying in faith is, it's not that simple. It's more nuanced. It's more complicated. But he was breaking it down in a super simple formulaic way because he thinks more linear and mathematically than I do. But I don't think either of us are wrong. I, th- I think we just see it in different ways and emphasize different things. But I really respect his relationship with the Lord, the time he spends in prayer, the amount he cares for others and champions for their healing, and his teaching gift that the Holy Spirit has given him. So I know you're going to feel a bazillion different ways. Well, I don't have a bazillion listeners, but you're going to feel several different ways as you listen through it too. But my prayer is that we get curious and we listen with open hearts to anything that the Lord might want to point out to us. So he's going to start us off reading a Bible verse. The Bible verse is in Mark 11. He's talking about verse 24 and the context is The triumphal entry has just happened where Jesus entered Jerusalem and many people were waving palm branches and saying salvation and singing Hosanna or saying Hosanna. And this event happens where Jesus is hungry and he sees a fig tree and he goes up to it and there's nothing on it. There's no fruit on it. Now, it wasn't even the season for figs, but he prophesied over that tree that no one will ever eat fruit from that tree again. And the disciples had heard it. Then Jesus goes and drives out the money changers in the temple and fulfills some prophecies like that. And then they go back the next day to that fig tree area. And here's verse 21. And remembering, Peter said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered. Jesus replied, have faith in God. Now the amplified version that I'm reading from adds 
constantly. I assure you and most solemnly say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be lifted up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart in God's unlimited power, but believes that what he says is going to take place, it will be done for him in accordance with God's will. That's another addition from the Amplified. And then 24 says, for this reason, aka, therefore, I'm telling you whatever things you ask for in prayer, and then the Amplified adds in accordance with God's will, believe with confident trust that you have received them and they will be given to you. And then he goes on to teach about some other aspects of prayer, like make sure you're forgiving people. So verse 24, once again, says, therefore, I'm telling you, whatever things you ask for in prayer, believe that you've received them and they will be given to you. So let's dive in and hear what my friend Hiwa has to say about this verse. Therefore, now in prayer, before it was in prayer, you, you as an ambassador of God, you as him in his name, go and do this happens. Okay. B, um, verse 24, prayer, same principle. Therefore, whatsoever things you ask for when you pray, something like that. When you pray, ask, action, A, believe that you have it or believe that you receive it. B, and you shall have it, right? Equals C, prayer now. Are you talking to God? Okay, so the action part, I've experimented many times. I'll explain A and B. C is automatic. C is substantiation. Substantiate means to give substance to. A is very simple to any action. I tried it. Like, I lay hands, not lay hands, speak, whisper, different levels of volume in whispering. <laughs> say the name. Don't say the name. Whatever. Name the, name the problem. Don't name the problem. Name the person. Don't name the person. Anything. Don't matter. It works every time. <laughs> um, think it. If you could, you've seen how I operate, like you know, a couple times. Thought it, thought it, and I've seen over four hundred plus like miracles just thinking it successfully. And I taught someone to do it. They thought I taught someone in like a 30, 40 minute session. They came back to me and a day and a half later saying they got five people healed with just thinking it, operating the same faith principle, but thinking it, and one of them even had a blood disease. And within a minute, they all like it. So action is just any action. A thought is an action, okay? Um, anything beyond a thought, definitely, right? Okay, believing is a little bit tricky. It's not hard. You just need to understand. That's the, and this is what we're getting to. Believing. This is, like, this is the part I need. Believe. Right, believing. <laughs> believe is, um, there's actually many more examples for what I just said, A plus B equals C. You can see that when Paul ministers, when uh, Peter, when John, when Jesus when he's ministering, someone gives an action, someone believes, and then substantiation is a result. You'll see it over and over again. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's the belief of the person receiving it. Sometimes it's just all the person ministering. And it doesn't matter as long as the equation, as long as A and B, there will always be a C. <laughs> okay, so it just has to be an equation. So now believing, Hebrews 11 verse 1, it says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. I'm going to break it down. Faith is always present tense. Hope is always future tense. When you hope for something, that means you don't have it. Hope is like synonymous with saying, I desire something. I hope this happens equals I desire that this happens, right? Okay. It means you don't have it yet, right? Okay. It means you believe you don't have it yet. Faith is always present tense. Faith, it says, now faith is the substance of things. Now, present tense, faith is faith. Is, present tense, is, there's no other options. There's no if, and, and, but, there's no future tense. It just is. There's only one option. There's only plan A and it's all or nothing. Now faith is the substance, 
Substance is actually a verb. It's not a thing. It's, it's substantiating. That's what it means. Substantiating like a process of giving substance to something. So now faith is the substantiating of things you hope for. So now you desire healing. You hope for healing. So now you apply faith. Faith brings the future into the present. Faith brings tomorrow, like future tense, into present tense. And then the next part where it says, and the evidence of things unseen. That, I'll explain that too. That word evidence is like in, in a courtroom, like, like a lawyer in a court and all that. Like evidence is something that you use to rebut something. So you know how a lawyer goes, um, objection, because this 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 um, evidence, right? That's the evidence of things unseen. So what is an evidence of things unseen? By, uh, for example, by his stripes, I am healed. That's an unseen reality because you're still not healed yet, right? That's an unseen reality, but that's also an evidence, right? Mm -hmm. So now that becomes your evidence to rebut present realities, seen realities. Mm -hmm. and, then, mm -hmm. and then that's how you can cause seen realities to line up to the unseen realities, which is by stripes I am healed. So your seen reality is you're injured, you're, you're sick, you're ill, whatever. But the unseen reality says, by stripes I am, I am healed, not I will be healed. So that becomes your basis of faith. Someone said, you cannot um, have faith beyond your knowledge of God's will. But God's will is for us to be healed because by stripes you were healed. Therefore, I should be healed right now. It's, it's a legislation. It's a law passed down. So now we're the police officers enforcing the law. Mm -hmm. Like. So, so how do you do that? The believing part. Let me go back to the believing part. Yeah. So action is any action. Very simple. Plus B, believing. Now you go, I am healed. And then for me, I just create an image. Whatever it is that causes me to believe. Whatever image is convincing to me. So you can create an image of yourself being completely healed. Then you go, or someone, let's say you minister to someone and they have like a broken arm or something. And you're like, you give an action and say, be healed. In Jesus' name, be healed. Action. Now, you, then you create an image and you look at that image. Not them, not the way they look like, but the image superimposed over them. If you have to close your eyes, do it. That is uh, an arm completely healed. And you remain in that state. Just look at it. The moment you look at it, you already believe it, right? Don't even think about whether you believe it or not, because that's where it trips you. you. The moment you see it, you already believe it. So it's almost like seeing equals believing. So because you're already conditioned that way. So why not use it for yourself? <laughs> so you go action, you go be healed, and you see an image of them being presently healed, and you just remain in that state, and you'll watch as starts as things start to happen to them. And that's what faith is. That's what believing is. So there's two I like ways. The, like what you're saying, I forget how you put it, but it's like getting that piece out of the way, right? It's like we like our own thoughts are tripping us up. In a right, way. right. So so here's the temptation. Here's how it trips you. So I remember someone, um, uh, I've been chatting with someone teaching them faith recently. And then they're like, fear and faith cannot exist in the same vessel. I said, yes, it can. I said, I explained it to them. I said, um, you can feel fear here emotionally, but you can still be in faith because it's an equation. Faith is an equation, A plus B equals C. As long as the con it connects, as long as A and B is equi the equation is there, stuff will start. I experimented this. Feeling fear, I'd still do it. I need to, I need to know, <laughs> you know, and I, I need a, I need a, I need evidence. And so I would feel fear and just do it anyway. 
And I'll be like, as long as I connect, see, speak, or whatever command, action, plus believe, see that they're healed. While fear, feeling fear, awkwardness, what ifs, all these thoughts coming at me. I'm like, but I'm in faith because A plus B plus C, boom, they get healed. So I'm like, you know what? That's actually a temptation. It says, let me, let me show you. It says, whatever is not of faith is sin, right? Okay. So when you break the equation, you're not in faith, you're sin. You fell short, right? Yeah, uh, sin means falling short or missing the mark, right? So the temptation is, is there's always what happens before sin. What happens when you are no longer in faith, for example? There's temptation, right? Temptation comes to tempt me to sin. What's the temptation? Temptation is always based on deception. Okay. The deception is you feel fear, therefore you're not in faith. So now you break the equation, you break the B part, mm-hmm. and that's, it doesn't connect and C doesn't happen because you, by faith, believe that you're not in faith. <laughs> you see what I mean? Because you don't understand, because deception comes to fill in blanks. But once you understand hey, faith is able to be equal C, then you know, oh, that's the temptation. See, mm-hmm. see the irony of that temptation? Okay. So there's really no difference between heart and mi- heart and mind. There's a difference, you know, faculty-wise, but like, you know, physiologically. In operating, I always, there's always a combination of them. You can think yourself into faith. I feel like part of what you're saying, at least like what, how I'm processing in my own mind on this, is like, it's almost like treat every thought, like no thought is better than another in a way, in a sense, like me thinking, okay, I can be healed, but I don't have belief yet or whatever. Like they're all just thoughts. None of them are actually true. So don't hold those in any like greater weight. Right. Like just because I don't see an experience that I'm physically healed in this moment doesn't mean there isn't the truth that That you are, that I am. And so if I, if I have these two thoughts of like, I am healed. Basically, I'm not healed. I don't have belief, whatever it may be. It's like this thought isn't, it, it's just a thought. Yeah. And so instead of like weighting it, one thought is, is weightier than another, it's more just what is the truth? Yeah, exactly. But like trying to get that yeah. actually processed yeah. in. The mind. So we are like a technology. We are like a piece of technology, right? A highly advanced technology. <laughs> so we we we're god's like we're made in the image of god so we can function like like god so a thought is like a stream of like like a river and you're just an observer jesus says take no thought so as long as you don't take it it's not yours but it presents itself to you but you're just watching it it's back to what what i was so i get these thoughts right i'm just like but it it doesn't have to convince me of anything yeah right until i choose to this is my this is my big thing right here. So my thoughts are not me. So I hope that little clip from our conversation at our prayer meeting inspires you to pray big prayers. And I wanted to include one little last bit of a recording from that same meeting. We started talking about stillness and the practice of stillness before the Lord. This is something I'm just now able to start diving into in my life. I've battled anxiety in different ways for my whole life. So now that I'm at a spot where I'm more healed from that, I'm able to wait upon the Lord and practice stillness, but I'm at the very beginning. So I'm learning from people like Hiwa 
and Alice. They're very close friends. You may remember Alice from some recent episodes on my podcast here. They practice stillness a lot more than me and a lot better than me, probably. (laughs) So I'm excited for you to hear my friend Hiwa explain it because you can tell there's something on it when he talks about it. You can tell he's speaking from a place of experience and that there's a lot of fruit from stillness and the practice and discipline of waiting on the Lord in his life currently. So here's what he had to say about stillness. And he that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hand. Okay. So, so basically, um, it's all talking about one category of practice. It's, it's stillness, meditation. So Psalm 46, verse 10. Isaiah 40, verse 31. Psalm 80, verse 18. Song of Solomon's 1, verse 4. Psalm 91, verse 1. James 4, 8. And lastly, Hebrews 11, 6, which says... He that comes to God must believe that he is, and he is a reward of them that diligently seek him. So all those scriptures, plus this one earlier. So first one, it says, be still and know that I'm God. These are, there's only two conditions here. Wait upon the Lord, which means to, which kava, which means to entangle yourself with him. And the other is be still. So practically, how do you be still? Okay, so you don't move a lot, right? You're not walking around, pacing around, praying in tongues. That's a different practice. Sitting there, laying there, whichever, just be still. And then still your soul, your mind, your emotion. Come, come to a place where you're like still waters. Like there's no ripple, it's just still. Right? And you can do that really well. Get really still. But then you're not just being still for no reason. There's actually a purpose to it, right? So just like, like when you wait. Let's use the word wait here. It's just because it's wait upon the Lord. When you're going into an appointment, right? You're waiting in the waiting room. You're not just like people say they wait and then they're like doing their own thing. They're living their life. And you're, I'm just waiting for stuff to happen. Like I'm waiting for God to do something. That's not the kind of waiting. This is actively waiting. This is waiting with a purpose. This is sitting there to wait for something. Like when you go to an appointment. So when you're being still and you're waiting, you're quieting your mind and heart and you're sitting there and you're just being still for a purpose. And then now it says that, but they that wait upon the Lord, they that entangle with the Lord. So now you consciously sit there, not just being still, you're sitting there entangling yourself with the Lord. And it's easy because now you just need to be aware of the fact that the New Testament says we're one with him. We're in him and he's in us. Paul says it all in him, in whom, in Christ. There's all talking about us. That's the new creation realities that we are. And what makes us a new creation? It says, behold, all things are new. Uh, Behold, um, all things are passed away. Behold, all things are new. It says in the next scripture, it says, how, in what way are we new? A new creation. It says, behold, all things are of God. All of us are now of God. Why? Because we're unified with him. He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. It says uh, the mystery of the, the, the age of ages that was hidden, that Paul revealed was that was Christ in us, the hope of glory. So now we just need to, in our, rather, rather than seeing uh, um, coming from a place of separation, it's a place of union. Union. So now we, when we're sitting there, we're being still, we're quieting my, our minds, our emotions, everything with a purpose. What is that? To entangle the Lord. How do you entangle with the Lord? By consciously seeing and believing that you are one with him. I'm doing it right now and I'm already feeling his presence. But the longer you do it, it gets stronger and it pulls you in. So that is the, and then you just remain in that place. That's actually hard. That's actually hard. And it says that I waited upon the Lord to quicken me. You hear it like people say, like they just wait. And while they're waiting at some point, the Lord quickened them. Or makes them alive. All of a sudden, they're feeling all these things. All of a sudden, they're they're feeling conviction, and they're repenting of their sins. 
And then they just come into a place of brokenness, for example, and they come alive and God, God becomes real to them. Uh, it says, be still and know that I'm God. When you're still, now he becomes real to you. Now you know. Now you know experientially and not just intellectually. Before it was intellectually, so you're sitting there doing things based on your knowledge. And now it becomes experiential knowledge. So be, when you're still, he's active. So when you're still, then you know. He becomes real to you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope it has inspired you, made you think, and I hope that you have a blessed day.